Hello and welcome to the media outreach of Faith Alive Ministries. For over 30 years, Faith Alive Ministries has continued to answer the call to teach God's people how to live in this world. This charismatic teaching ministry has current bases of operation in both Oklahoma and Arizona. We are honored to share the gospel in the northeastern Oklahoma prison system, as well as in church gatherings and evangelistic outreaches around the country. We believe the message you're about to hear will inspire and encourage you and empower you to live the abundant life God has for you. Join with us now as we receive from the Word of God. You know, it's interesting how the Lord works. I didn't really have any direction for today's service, and so I'd just been waiting on the Lord, and and uh, I had a preparation. I had something that I could give, you know, but that's never how I want to operate. I want to give the word of the Lord. And uh, so as I was sitting here this afternoon, as I came in, and the Lord just spoke to me so clearly what, what the word was to be. And uh, so we're just going to open our Bibles to Second Chronicles. Oops. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I just want to encourage us today. You know, we've, we've heard a lot of good word, and, and uh, I've been ministered to. And I, I always come to be ministered to also, not just to give the word, but to be ministered to. And, uh, you know, uh, this is the story of Jehoshaphat. I'm sure most of you know this story. It's a, a well-known Bible story. But, you know, I, as I thought about this story, and, and I was listening to Joshua and... I don't, you go by Josh, don't you? I'm sorry. Josh. And uh, I have a lot of Joshes and Joshuas in my life. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, the Lord said, you know, Jehoshaphat wasn't doing anything wrong, but a major attack came. In fact, he had straightened out the nation of Israel. and, uh, And the Lord ended chapter 19 with this, deal courageously and the Lord shall be with the good. And, uh, you know, Jesus made us good. We're not good in ourselves, but Jesus made us good. He made us righteous. He made us holy. He made us everything that he is. He made us sinless. And so, uh, you know, things were going good for Jehoshaphat. He was a good king. He was, good things were happening in the kingdom. And then in verse 1 of chapter 20, it came to pass. So that tells you there was some time when they lived with, uh, you know, uh, things were happening right. Things were going good in the kingdom. Uh, There was blessings abounding. It looked like, you know, it just looked like, you know, what could go wrong? You know, and we've all been to that point in our life where things were so good. And some people look at it like, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? But, you know, uh, uh, we just, Jehoshaphat was like, okay, things are happening good. It hasn't happened good for Israel in a long time. And so things are happening really well. And in chapter 20, verse 1, and it says, it came to pass. It came to pass. So we know that there was a change of season for the children of Israel. They were doing good. There was prosperity in the kingdom. The nation was a uh, uh, well and happy and there was there was peace in the kingdom but it says it came to pass and so we know when things are going good and things are happening and the word is happening that it doesn't make us immune to the attacks of the enemy 
And so it says, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against who? Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat to battle. And then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of this side Syria. And behold, they be on Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. And so things are going good in the kingdom, and then all of a sudden one day they get a bad report. And it's not just like a a little bad report. It's like... All the kingdoms had come out against them. It was three to one. And, and people kept coming to Jehoshaphat and saying, hey, something bad's coming. Hey, this person said this, and then we heard this, and then we've heard this about this person, and this person's been doing this. And, and he just began to hear negative and hear negative and hear all the bad things that were coming against, that were getting ready to come against the kingdom. You know, I've had the enemy whisper in my ear, and said, you know, you're not going to survive this. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. How are you going to do this? You're just Jody Baker. How are you going to do it? You can't survive this. You can't make it. You can't be prosperous in this situation. And, you know, there was a time three years ago when my mantra became, God, you're faithful and I will trust you. And that's all I could say. God, you're faithful and I will trust you. And, you know, Jehoshaphat was a normal person. I like to say we put flesh on the pages. He wasn't a superman. He was a king chosen by God for the nation of Israel. He was leading them in godly ways. And he was, you know, uh, we like to think of them without emotions. But what happened when all the bad news began to come? He was overloaded. I mean, it was an overload of bad news. And it wasn't just one person or one report. They just kept came, coming. They said, oh, we heard the Ammonites are coming. Oh, we heard uh, that uh, the... Uh, <sighs> Uh, I want to say Mennonites. The children of Moab are coming. I know it wasn't the Mennonites. <laughs> the Moabites are coming. And, and, and every time he turned around, he, he thought, okay, who else is going to bring me a bad report? And sometimes we get so tuned in to the bad reports coming. And it says that Jehoshaphat reacted normally. He feared. He feared. I think I would have feared. You know, there's been times that come, that reports come, and we, we think that fear is like a sin. But fear's not always a sin. Fear is a motivator. Mere fear motivates you, and it can motivate you to the positive, or it can motivate you to the negative. And Jehoshaphat feared. But I like what the rest of that verse says, and he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And I like these words, seek. In verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat feared. But it says, he set himself. So as a leader, he first set the example. And he set himself to seek the Lord. And that word, seek, there means to to uh, have care and reverence and to set his face that I'm going to get an answer from God. 
He set himself to seek. He didn't run out to see what he could do. He didn't go, okay, well, what do we do? You know, what do we do next? What should I be doing? What should I be doing? No, nothing about doing happy happened there. What he said was, I'm going to set myself to seek the Lord. And he set an example. He, he didn't take on the care of the situation, but he took the care with reverence to the Father. And he set his face, I'm not doing anything until I hear from you, Lord. Because you are the one I can trust. You are the one that's faithful. You will show me the direction. And then in verse 4, it says that all of Judah gathered with him to seek the Lord. And that word seek there means to ask God's help and direction. No seeking of information or of specifics. But they said, Lord, this is a big situation. It doesn't look good. In our eyes, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like things are going to turn out well for us. But but Jehoshaphat and Judah both set themselves to seek the Lord. They had a fear and a reverence for God. They knew that if they stepped outside of the bounds of what God had for them, that they would fail. Either they got the answer from God or they were going to be toast. That's really the situation they were in, that they had to receive an answer from God. And in verse 5, it says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Are you not the faithful one? That's what I would say. God, are you not the faithful one? I am reminding myself, you are the faithful one. It looks terrible right now. It looks like we have no direction right now. But I know that you are the faithful one, and I can put my trust in you. And then he said, don't you rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Aren't you the authority here? And, and if, if he could have heard God, he would have heard, yes, I am. <laughs> and in thine hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? And art thou not God who does drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and they've built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name's saying. And so Jehoshaphat, in his fear, in the, all the emotions that came against him, and I know you've been in that place where great fear has come, where you've the fear of failure, the fear of, of are they going to, what are they going to say about us? The fear of, you know, it's not working like I thought it would work. The fear of, uh, how am I going to, how, how am I even going to show my face in front of everybody? You know, there's lots of fears that come our way. The fear of provision. The fear of, is God really going to come through? But when we think about that, Jehoshaphat began to uh, exhort himself. You know, there's many times there's no one that exhorts us. We have to set ourselves to exhort ourselves. And so Jehoshaphat began to exhort himself. And basically he was saying, God, you're the faithful one. I can trust you. I can't trust, put my real trust on anybody 
or anything else. I can't put my trust in my position. I can't put my trust in the people around me. But I am saying, you are faithful, and I can trust you. And that's basically what Jehoshaphat was doing. He was declaring in that moment of fear when he set himself to seek the Lord, he was declaring, God, I trust you. And you know, sometimes that's all we can say. When it looks bad, it looks like failure, it looks like it's not going to come together, sometimes we can declare to ourselves, God, I trust you because you are the faithful one. You alone are the one I can trust. And then he begins to uh, say this, and he says, if when evil comes against us, as the sword judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. I believe the New Testament tells us that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's and Jehoshaphat didn't have an understanding of the new covenant with that, but he had an understanding that God was in this house. We stand in your name in this house. I take that almighty name of Jesus in whom I can speak that name. That name is above every other name. It doesn't matter what demon of hell, what plan of the enemy comes against me, but I can speak the almighty name of Jesus. And you'll hear me. You hear me in the time of our affliction. I believe in these last days as we take a stand as the, as the end time church, there are going to th- be things, there are things stirring in the heavenlies even as we speak. Three years ago, the Lord gave me a vision. And that vision, I was standing in worship one morning and I began to see it was like a, a Uh, an open door into the heavenlies. And as I stood there, I began to see a butterfly come out that opening. And so I just kept watching, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And I kept watching, and then they began to trickle one by one. And then there was masses of butterflies coming out of the door of heaven. And I said, Lord, I don't know what that is. It's absolutely beautiful. It's enticing but I don't know what it is. What are you showing me, Lord? What are you, what are you trying to reveal to me? And the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he, and he said this. He said, there are things that have been kept and cocooned in the heavenlies, and it is time to be released for the end-time church. And the, the time of release has come. And so there is a release of new things we've never seen. There's a release of things we've never walked in. There's a release of signs and wonders and miracles and the things that they even greater than what they saw in the book of Acts that's coming for the New Testament church to operate in. And so we also know that when God has an outpouring, what begins to happen? The enemy brings things against us. But you know what I think is he's going to be very sly about it. It's not going to be like big attacks. It's not going to be things that uh, we recognize easily. I think it's going to be things like discouragement. I think it's going to be things like questioning ourselves, questioning our confidence in the things of the ministry. I think it's going to be things like 
sicknesses. I think it's going to be things like, have I heard God? I think it's things questioning ourselves, discouraging ourselves, even taking us into depression. I've never heard of a day when so many ministers are quitting the ministry because of the pressure, because they feel the pressure to perform, because they don't know if they can make it, because it doesn't look like things are succeeding. And I believe Jehoshaphat was in that very place. And so he begins to say this, and I'm going to get this. I'm just going to keep saying it because you're going to hear it over and over. God, you're faithful, and I can put my trust in you. And you have placed within this temple, within this house, the name of Jesus, that name above every other name. That when I speak that name, things happen. Things stir in the kingdom of God. Things stir in the kingdom of God concerning me. Things stir in the kingdom of God concerning your church and the place that you've placed us for this time and this place. And then he brings the need to the father in verse 10. And he says, Now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. <laughs> when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us into their possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. In other words, he's saying... They're coming to take our promise. They're coming to take the promise that you gave us. And so Jehoshaphat recognized exactly why the attack was coming and why it was such a great attack. Because those, the enemy of the people of God, was coming to take and steal their faith in the promise. Verse 11. No, 12. And our, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You know, we don't have in ourselves the power to attack the enemy. We have the name of Jesus. We have nothing in ourselves that can overcome the enemy but the power of God and the name of Jesus. Jehoshaphat set himself in a place of humility that God, here I am. Now you give me the plan. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. And then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, you see, they waited on the Lord. They waited on the Lord. They didn't just pick up and start training for war. They didn't pick up and start doing something. Let's put up sandbags. Let's put up, let's get the cannons. I don't think they had cannons, but you know what I'm saying. We got to get our cannons ready. We got to get our stuff ready. We've got to get ready for attack. No, they waited on the Lord. And he said unto them, in a, in a word of prophecy, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Asaph in the midst of the congregation. And you know what's interesting to me, it wasn't just Jehoshaphat that the Spirit of the Lord came upon. It was a congregation that had set themselves in agreement and alignment with what God wanted to do. He wanted to use all of them. To come against the attack of the enemy. 
And Asaph said this by by uh, unction of the Holy Spirit. Hearken ye all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. He spoke to all of them. Thus says the Lord unto you, be not afraid. Don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it is God's. When we say, God, you're faithful, and I trust you, you know what we're saying? God, I'll be in prayer. I'm going to follow your direction. But you are the one that has already conquered the enemy. You have given us victory as a newborn, as a born-again born believer. We are already victorious. You have caused us to always triumph. Now we wait on you. You give us the direction to see victory and triumph. But he said, this is what God said. Tomorrow, the spirit of God, go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff as is. Here's who they're going to use. And here's how they're going to come. And you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You don't need to fight. I've already told you where they are. I'm giving you the plan. You don't need to fight this battle, but set yourselves. Make up your mind. Give decision to how the outcome, what the outcome is going to be. And see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, nor be dismayed, but go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. For New Testament, we can say the Lord is with us. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They got their answer, and then they entered into worship. Worship is an activator of our faith. Because we can actually say in worship, God, you are faithful, and I trust you. And notice that he didn't just speak it to Jehoshaphat, but he spoke it to the congregation. They had a part. We have a part as the body to believe and to stand for where the church is going. Not just the local church, but where where the end time church is going. We all have a part. We all have are a part of the plan. None of us can just lay down and just be uh, our foot can't just sit over there and, and rest while the rest of us goes and does what needs to be done. It takes all of us to be the victorious end-time church. And so they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And verse 20 says, And they rose early in the morning. They went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, the wilderness, you know what the wilderness is? The wilderness is where you really can't see what's ahead of you. That's what the wilderness is. The wilderness is a place of, of where doubt tries to come against you. Where were the children of Israel when they were try, walking to the promised land? <laughs> they were in the wilderness. They had, they had the choice as to whether they were going to Take God's promise and move forward or doubt God and stay in the wilderness. See, that was their place of decision. The wilderness. The wilderness of Tekoa. 
And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood. Jehoshaphat stood and began to encourage them. And he says, Oh, Judah, don't forget what the Lord told us. Do not forget. Oh, this is a place. It doesn't look like things are happening. This is the place where we make the decision. Are we going to follow what God said? Or are we going to doubt what he said? And Jehoshaphat stood and began to exhort them. And what did he say? Trust in the Lord, for he is the faithful one. I took a little liberty there. But he said, believe in the Lord your God. And I say, you can say, you are faithful, therefore I can trust in you. And he says, so shall you be established. What is established? Established means you're not going to tell me anything different than what God told me. That's what established is. Established is... By golly, everything around me looks this way, but what God told me is this right here. And I'm planting my feet, I'm standing on that, and that is where I will remain. Amen? Amen? So it's in the wilderness when you have to make the choice, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God said, or are you going to believe... In what you cannot see. Or what you can see. Sorry. And I want, I'll, I'm going to give you a testimony on that right here. Several years ago, our daughter went through some really difficult times. And when that happened, it really knocked her off her feet. And she went off into the world. And I mean, she really, she did some things that, I won't even mention. I mean, the, it was just not a good time in her life. We ended up with her daughter. I thought we would be the ones raising her daughter. Um, and, of course, we were praying and believing for her. And, um, you know, I would do the good mother thing, and I would send her guilt texts, you know, manipulative texts, you know. And, and I, didn't, I, would, I didn't do right. I did the wrong thing. I was going by what I could see. My faith was controlled by what I could see, which means I didn't have any faith. <laughs> and so I was, you know, I, we were praying for her, but I was sending texts, and then it came where she wasn't answering, and there was several weeks where I had no contact with her. We didn't know where she was. We didn't know, we didn't know how to find her. I honestly didn't know if she was alive. And uh, one morning in prayer, the Lord said to me, uh, he said, uh, so, so how's your way working out? I said, um, well, not too good. Not, not too good. And he said, are you ready for me to show you how to be established and how I want to move? And I said, yeah, Lord, because my way's not working. And, of course, I had a lot of fear in my life because I didn't know where she was. She was in situations I knew that she could die. And uh, so the Lord began to speak to me, and he said, you know, what are you praying for her? And I said, well, I'm praying that, you know, she'll be the mother I always knew she would be. I'm praying she'll be delivered from drugs. I'm praying she'll be delivered from alcohol. I'm praying that she'll walk with you and she'll bear fruit in her life and that she will be the Josie we know that you intended her to be. 
And the Lord said, okay. He said, so when you text her next time, I want you to text her what I tell you. I said, okay. Of course, I was all, you know, I was like, yeah, thank you, Lord, yeah. So I said, you're going to have to show me. And he said, I want you to text her like I see her. I want you to text her like your faith sees her. I said, okay, but you're going to have to show me how to do that because I don't know how to do that. I mean, we were long past where she would answer my phone calls. And that was my fault. I take the blame for that. So the first text, it was like two or three days later, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, just text, I love you. I said, okay. So I text, I love you, no answer. I didn't get any response. I really didn't expect one at that point. <laughs> and uh, the next few days, a couple of days later, the Lord woke me up, said, text her and tell her that she's a wonderful woman of God, that you know in her heart she's a woman of God, that she, she knows me and that she'll love me with her whole heart. I said, okay, Lord, that's kind of a lie. <laughs> You know, because that's not what I saw in her. But see, faith can't go by what we see. Faith goes by what we're believing for. And so I text her, no response. A few days later, the Lord told me to text her and say, you're a wonderful mother, that you love your daughter with your whole heart, and that you're, you're, you're a good mommy to her. And I went, Lord, that's really a natural lie. (laughs) And he said, but it's faith because that's how you've prayed for her. That's what you've prayed for her. Now speak to her like you've prayed for her. And so it went on several weeks. Finally, after about, oh, a couple of weeks, I got a text back from her. First I'd heard from her and she said, I love you, mom. And then it began to open communication again. And, and it took a little while. It took two or three months of just reaching out to her like that with faith. Seeing her with the eyes of faith. Not looking at her with my natural eyes, but seeing her with the eyes of faith. Being established in what I was believing for her. And it was a, two or three months later, and here she came home. And everything changed from that point on. And all the things that I've texted her and spoke over her and believed for have come to pass. And so that is looking with the eyes of faith. Oh, it looks bad. It looks like every enemy that hell has against you is coming against you. But when we look with the eyes of faith and we become established in what the Spirit of God has told us, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. It does not matter what we see with our natural eyes. It matters what we see in the realm of faith and in with the eyes of the Spirit. Amen? I hope you're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying here. So verse 20, he says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. 
Established means that you are firm in what you've prayed. You're firm in what you're believing for. It does not matter what your natural eyes, your natural eyes lie. Because they're natural. Our natural eyes lie because they're of the world. They see the world. Our spiritual eyes have 20-20 vision into the things of God. Verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Mount Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. In other words, as they went forth praising the Lord because they had no worries about the attack that was to come, because they saw with the eyes of faith they were established in what they believed, that they would overcome the enemy. They didn't know how. They didn't know how God was going to do it. We don't have to know the how. We just have to know that the promise is what God promised. And we are established in that promise. Therefore, what we speak and what we see is what God has promised. It's as simple as that. You know, faith is not a difficult thing. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. It is a matter. You know what makes it difficult? Is when we don't discipline our minds and our imaginations. Because our minds and imaginations can really get carried away. You know what they want to bring us? They want to bring drama. Our minds and imagination want drama. You know why? Drama distracts us from what God's promised us. That's why drama is so big in the world right now. Oh, my goodness, the reality shows, all that stuff that's going on, my gosh. And people get caught up in drama because it steals what you're established in. They think that's the way you're supposed to act. Do you know that people think that if you don't worry and you don't have drama, that you don't care? Yeah. That's not the truth. You see, that is why... Drama comes. Because then you think, well, maybe I really don't care. I mean, you know, you start doubting yourself. You start thinking, well, do I really care? Yeah. If you are believing the word of God and what God's spirit and the word has promised you, then you really care. <laughs> that is the real, uh, 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 I hate to use the word care because we're not supposed to have care, but you know what I'm saying. That is how we really show our love for people is by believing God for them. And so when the children of, of Judah came up over the mountaintop, what had happened was they were praising the Lord because they decided to believe God. They decided to be established in what God had promised them, no matter what they saw. And so when they came up over the top of the mountain, all the enemies had destroyed 
themselves. Confusion came in the midst of the enemy. That is what ultimately happened with Josie. She got so confused and she got afraid that she was going to die because confusion. She didn't know what, what was real and what was not real. And she, be, and she began to grab hold of the text I was sending her and she knew where reality was. And so she came home. She she uh, got delivered of all the drugs and the alcohol. She became a mother to her daughter. She's happily married. She has two other children now. And she's totally fulfilled in what God's called her to be. She told me from the time she was a little girl, I want to be a stay-at-home mommy. I want to have a family. That's been her desire. That's been the goal of her heart. And uh, they used to call it home ec. I can't remember what they call it now, family living. In school, she, uh, the teacher went around and had everyone give their goals in life, you know, and some girls, they wanted to be doctors and nurses and some of that. And Josie said, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And they made fun of her. But that was what she always has felt that God called her to be and do. And you see, the enemy tried to steal that dream from her. And now she's doing exactly what her dream was, to be a stay-at-home mama, and she's a good mama. She's a real good mama, and she's serving God. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth. The plan of the enemy was dead. And none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil it was so much all that the enemy desired to steal judah got back it was three days of gathering the spoil i got three days of gathering the spoil when josie came home i got three grandbabies <laughs> <laughs> and I got a happy daughter, and I got a happy family that's serving God, and she's fulfilling what she always planned to do. That's what faith does. And it's not working it up. It's not working it up. It's being established and deciding this is what God told me. It doesn't matter what I see to my right or to my left. It does not matter what I hear with my ears because my natural ears and my natural eyes lie. The word of God is the only truth we have. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Berechah, for they were they, there they blessed the Lord Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Berachah unto this day. That's the Valley of Blessing. That's what that means. The Valley of Blessing. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. The enemy's plan was to steal our daughter. 
That's what the enemy's plan was. His plan was to bring death to her life. And because I decided, because I decided to listen to what God had to say about the plan, instead of believing all the drama, oh, we could have gone and looked for her. We could have drug her home. We could have done, we could have taken her to rehab. We could have done all the things that the world tells you you need to do. But the truth was, the Spirit of God told me how to activate faith. And he gave me the plan. And so when I chose, and I'm not trying to say I, but you know what? you got to make a choice. The time comes where there's a line drawn in the sand. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to follow what the world tells you to do? And I'm not saying all the world's ways are wrong. If the Spirit of God would have said, go hunt her up, drag her to rehab, and put her in, then I would have done that. But that's not what the Spirit of God said. He said, text her. (laughs) Now, how would that ever work in the natural? It shouldn't have worked in the natural. But because... God told me to see her like he sees her and to speak to her like he sees her when it wasn't in the natural, the truth. But the truth was he saw her as a child of God. He saw her fulfilling her hopes and her dreams. And praise God, because of the choice of being established in what God said, he brought her home. He brought me the promise. He brought me the desire of my heart. I tell you, sometimes we give up too quick. Sometimes we give up too quick because we don't see it working. We don't see it with these eyes. But it's always working. Faith is not something that lays dormant. Faith is active. And so I want to encourage you this afternoon. I started to say this morning. I want to encourage you this afternoon. Those things that you thought, oh, there's no hope. There's no hope. Oh, yeah, there's hope. I mean, the enemy tells you, that's not going to happen. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to wipe out the promise that that God gave you. I'm going to wipe out those things that you believed God for. Those things are never going to happen. It's impossible. That's what he tells us, isn't it? It's impossible. But I'm here to tell you, when the enemy speaks to you those things of destruction, I'm here to tell you, set yourself. Oh, yeah, fear comes for a little bit because he told me, told me over and over, I'm going to take your daughter. I'm going to steal her. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to bring death to her life. And I had to make a choice. What will I do? Because fear attacked greatly. But I set myself to seek the Lord, and I, and I, I had an attitude that, Lord, I'm not right. <laughs> I'm not right in this. Show me. Show me how, how to do this. You know, your kids will strip all your pride, won't they? <laughs> and that's a good thing. I mean, that's not a bad thing. They'll strip your pride. 
Because then you can set yourself down and say, God, show me, show me, show me. And then when he shows you, you got to choose to be obedient. Amen. And I'll guarantee you, if you won't give up, if you just keep your spiritual blinders on and say, no, I don't care what uh, reports I get. I don't care what my, my eyes are seeing. I choose to stand upon what God's told me. I'll guarantee you, you'll get to pick up the spoils. Amen. And it'll be the valley of blessing for you. And I'm not just saying that because I can say it. I'm saying it because I've lived it. Amen? Amen. So some of you have given up. Some of you have given up. Don't give up. Just, just repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I forgot that you're the faithful God and that I can trust you. And just tell him again, just like Jehoshaphat did. God, you're the faithful one, and I can trust whatever you've told me. And then just begin to pick that up again. And just trust him for it to happen. And it will happen. Don't give up. Amen? I wanted to say thank you for uh, all of your hospitality. Thank you. Thank you. I I always come here and I always gain about 20 pounds by the time I leave. Because you guys are such good cooks. And uh, I just, I, I always love being here. I love coming here. It's a... Uh, it's a part of the body of Christ that I've come to appreciate and love and uh, appreciate your invitation, Pastor Lloyd. And um, I'm looking forward to tonight, Josh. So kind of hate to see it all come to an end, but I, we've received some good word this week. So amen, Pastor Lloyd. Amen. That concludes our message. This message is copyrighted by Faith Alive Ministries and may not be reproduced for commercial or resale purposes. Duplication by individuals for the purpose of sharing the gospel is permitted. However, this copyright notice must accompany all copies made. For additional information and teaching resources, please write to Faith Alive Ministries, P.O. Box 321, Prior, Oklahoma 74362. Or you may visit our website at www.faithalivefellowship.net. Thank you for listening and God bless you.